Thanks for joining us for the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of branded hospitality ventures share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Thanks for that introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Schatz. Together, we are the personalities behind brand work at the intersection of hospitality, food service, technology, innovation, and capital. So for the month of August, we're taking a break from our usual interview episodes and bringing you the best of season of all really your favorite things. He's going back to camp. I'm taking a break, going up to camp. Um, we're bringing back the best of old favorites, such as Top of the Tech Stack and Which Came First, as well as the old tried and true favorites, Talking Back and the Crystal Ball Moment. And of course... No one can let us, no one can forget, no one would let us leave out the most popular segment of all time, according to Michael Schatzberg, the branded quickfire. Anyway, today's episode features the best of Talking Back. Talking Back became a new segment for season three, and it still remains a guest favorite. It turns out that while we started the podcast, because we like talking. We say we mean Jimmy. I mean, I mean Jimmy, and talking to other people. Still, Jimmy, we've learned along the way that our guests sometimes have questions for us. So we created Talking Back, where we offer the guests a chance to ask us questions. And as we always like to tell them, nothing is off the table. Before we get started, however, we have a special guest host with us for the Best of series. All the way in from, I think right now, it's somewhere out in Colorado, but who knows? This he, He's a nomad. Chicago. Chicago, Colorado, Chicago boy. Anyway, after rave reviews as our guest host during our On the Road segment um, in, in Murtech, we're bringing back none other than four-time guest and now named the technology guy, our friend, our partner, Mr. Sterling Douglas, CEO of Chally. Welcome, Mr. Technology. Hey, thanks for having me. This is it's Mr. Guy, actually. Mr. Guy, technology, oh, technology guy. guy. There you go. No, it's awesome. It's awesome to be here. You know, as I'm doing more of these shows with you, I just realized how hard that you both work. You know, for each of these episodes, you know, the prep that you put into it, it's it's amazing to see. You know, we're very professional. Very we professional. Are, <laughs> P for professional, Sterling. Before we get into the best of talking back, I think it's only fair to put you on the spot and open the door for you to answer this very question. So here we go. Give us your best talking back question. Ooh, my best talking back question. Hmm. You guys have seen almost every restaurant technology since I'm guessing the early 1900s when you both started. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, during, and during all those times, usually, since you are so good at, at adopting this tech early, you see it really early on. What technology did you see early on that you got at your restaurants and then you were kicking yourself for not pushing to try to invest early on? Ooh. Well, I gotta be honest with you. It's 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 not difficult because we were adopting technology so long ago. If I think about the companies that if we could have invested, we probably wouldn't be sitting here with Sterling and you right now. We'd probably be in the Amalfi Coast uh, on a boat. I, I, well, I, I, we have does, to be on a boat. Does Open Table ring a bell? Yes. Does Seamless Web ring a bell? I mean, those are those are two I can throw at you. Gold Belly was a good one. Like that one. Gold Belly, another good one. I mean, yeah. I mean, the list can go on and on, right? Yeah. AD Company, Olo. That was fun. Hot schedules. <laughs> Hot schedules. I mean, Plate IQ. Now 365, right? Yep. 
I mean, but the like original cash register, you guys are an early adopter of that, right? Oh well, yeah. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy was using the NCR, the original cash register, back in his first bar. And yes, he he did have an opportunity to invest in an NCR. Uh, AT and T ended up doing the investment. Jimmy did have that opportunity. I, I did advise them in in my head. I advised them, uh, but no, I actually it is it is funny that that in in, in the nineties we started to get introduced to technology, um, and but our. We were only operators and there was no investment thesis. And the whole pro- purpose of working with emerging and entrepreneurial uh, companies was to see if we could improve our margins and bring efficiencies to the stores. Um, it only took us 20 years to figure out that, that maybe, maybe those insights could lead to also investing. So better late than never. Better late than never. That's right. Uh, yeah, so that was a great question, by the way, and I got to tell you, uh, it also has made me sad and just brought me down a little bit. <laughs> it just brought me down a notch. I'm like, what would, boy, what if I did that? What if we did that? What Jimmy? if? What if? What if? All right. Well, you know what? I got to tell you, I like it just the way it is. Shrink next yes, week. but you know what? Here we are together, the, the three of us. The, the 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 technology guy, the restaurant guy, the finance guy would not be having this moment. If anything was different, we ha- yeah, we wouldn't. We so I'm going to take that as uh, as from great pride and joy. All right, let's get into some best ofs. Um, looking back, it's interesting uh, how so many of our guests, to a certain extent, had some similar questions. Many questions about our thoughts as restaurant operators, opening a restaurant in a pandemic, maintaining restaurants in a pandemic. Uh, another topic that came up: What should other operators be adding to the tech stack? Top of the tech stack. Uh, was turned on, uh, you know, was turned on us. Um, many so people say pop it text 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 text. ten times fast, right? or, I, just, I, or just once at a normal speed. Yeah, just once. Pop it, tap, 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 I can't do it. Many people ask us what we think uh, the future of hospitality is like. The crystal ball uh, was turned on us uh, a few times. Um, and what branded looks for in companies that we invest in? Our answer is always companies that are allies to operators. We're an operator-centric platform. The company that we're working with has to uh, really deliver value, uh, address a problem, a challenge, an opportunity that an operator believes is important to them. That was I, 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 I think, Jimmy, that, you, that is true. It, it has to be operator-centric. And the founder and CEO, we always must have great hair. Mm-hmm. I, that is, yeah, that is our... First and foremost, great hair. We well, well, I will say there's a disproportionate number of our CEOs um, that actually grew up and, and and cut their teeth in the industry. I think the second so the, the first, first hospitality was hospitality operator, operator expertise then hair. and then hair. Yeah, because hair is important. Hair is I, important. I think that was As a for a leader, your important. investment thesis for Charlie, right? Yeah, it was the only thesis for Chicago. <laughs> when we flew to Chicago to meet you, I'm like, Jimmy, I don't know about you, but this guy's got some hair. <laughs> Let's go check. <laughs> Where are the wiring instructions, Sterling? <laughs> Actually, it was it was his uh, unbelievable appetite, um, and 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 for 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 uh, for tech for for solving issues and pain points of operators and basically for the burritos. You have no idea how much Sterling can eat. This man is 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 fit and trim and it's yet a professional eater. Professional eater. Yeah. Professional eater. You should get him on a hot dog eating contest to Coney Island All right. next year. All right, let's kick off our best of talking back. I'm starting with our guest, Mr. Steve Ellenson, head of worldwide business development, restaurant, catering, food service industries for a little company called Amazon Web Services, AWS. That company is going to kill it one I'm, day. I'm telling you, make, we're making a big, bold prediction. Amazon, 
It's going to do something. That's that another one of those early adopters that you guys started <laughs> Right, and also that's going to be uh, our, our crystal ball moment is where will they be in two years? Where they be in two years. Yeah, bigger, better, stronger, faster, yeah. like the $6 million man. All right, Stephen, Stephen was the first guest to get the official talking back question. That was season three. Let's hear what he said. We're going to give you the chance to ask us a question and nothing is off the table. Awesome. Well, I promise this won't be a, an intervention kind of thing, but I am deeply intrigued because of how unique your operation is, right? The three different areas that you guys play in. And so, you know, we've been talking a lot about reinvention. We've been talking about digital. We've been talking about resiliency. You know, in the middle of all of this, you guys recently opened a brand new restaurant in New York City of all places. Uh, it's called Isabella's Osteria. I'm really curious to understand, you know, what you've done and what you're going to continue to do in order to build resiliency for your brands as the future is still very much unknown. Well, I'll tell you, that's a great question. And uh, I think it just says that uh, we're insane. That's, that's the <laughs> short answer. We're insane. <laughs> uh, no, and all kidding aside, you know, listen, the pandemic has, has brought all sorts of craziness to the industry. And uh, we had an opportunity, we, we to, to specifically to Isabel's uh, opening up, uh, you know, we had a, a, a lease and we couldn't, you know, it's, we're stuck with that lease as so many operators are. Mm -hmm. And we had an opportunity to get a fantastic chef that we probably never would have gotten if this, uh, if the, if the pandemic hadn't hit. So uh, we were looking, to, we had the space, I had an opportunity to get a great chef to bring him in as a partner. And uh, it just worked. We met and I said, he said, I'm looking for a space. I'm going to go find a space. I said, we already have a space. I already got everything planned. I said, we'll do everything, you know, br bring it on. And it's, it's worked out great. And, you know, we went from indoor dining back to outdoor dining. And, you know, it's, it, it's been tough, but um, he, he's um, we're, we're doing great over there to answer your question. And uh, it's a location and an area that we've always loved. And we've been here for a long time on Park South. We have three other restaurants here. So I think it all just came together and made sense for us. And the short answer is we couldn't get out of our lease either. So, <laughs> so we had to figure it out. And we made, we made the best of it. And like I said, I think it worked out really well because we have a great chef. We have a great concept. We've always wanted to do something Italian. And uh, we built, uh, you know, in New York City, everyone's building these uh, streeteries. We have a superstructure out on the street. So we've got around uh, 30 seats uh, in the outdoor indoor area. And uh, we, you know, we brought uh, a new POS in, Toast POS. We've got all of uh, our technology partners plugged in. Uh, Bbot doing uh, so you can order and pay from your phone. Uh, you know, we've got Ovation doing uh, customer feedback. So we really used it as an opportunity to to open up in a time where we can also accentuate and 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 bring all of the technology that we talk about into this place. And, and it's working out great. So I thank you for the question. I think the place is doing great. And I got to tell you, you really want to know how insane we are. We are actually uh, opening up a second restaurant <laughs> on the Upper West Side. <laughs> Again, we started construction before the pandemic hit, um, you know, and, and but we put a lot of money into it already. So we had to keep going. So we stopped for a little bit. We talked to the landlord, great landlord, both landlords, both landlords. Great, by the way. Uh, great landlord. I was kidding about can't getting out of something. Uh, you know, we renegotiated our lease, and in the Upper West Side, great landlord, and uh, and we'll be opening up that very shortly. The chef is there, and so you know we're we're long on the hospitality business. We're long on restaurants, and you know we love New York City, and we know it's going to be great. So we're never very short sighted 
So we, we know it's going to be great and the industry is going to come back and, and it's going to be great. So that that's where we are on, on that. Jimmy, anything to add about that? Uh, no, Shatsy. I was going to say we might have to change the name of this section from talking back to talking Shatsy. I don't know. Like, I, oh, uh, <laughs> I, oh, yeah. Okay. I, uh, You're right. Shatsy, let's continue with you. Tell us about yourself. No, sorry. <laughs> well, it's, no, it's – look, I'll, I'll, I'll share with you guys. It's super impressive. You know, I think it's inspiring for other operators that are out there, you know, sharing those insights. And I can also share that I, I understand why you're successful. I snuck by the other weekend and grabbed some uh, food for takeout, and I can share that the, uh, the mushroom lasagna is – is amazing. And so it's, it's what I always say that, right, people will find good food. It doesn't matter where it is or how difficult or how different it is to get to. Um, the good food and the good service will drive all. So it's super impressive what you guys are doing. Yeah, we're super excited about it. Thanks for stopping by. I wish you would have told us, though. Jimmy would have, Jimmy and I would have met you. Secret shopping. <laughs> okay. Secret. All right. Fair enough. I, want, I wanted to have the authentic customer experience. And it was great. Next guest is uh, Tom Pickett. Good friend over at DoorDash, Chief Revenue Officer. Let's hear what Tom has to say. Tom, the microphone is yours. All right. Oh. Well, uh, feedback is uh, is very important to us. So, yes, uh, my question to you, your owners and operators and users of the the service, uh, I'm curious. You know, what what feature or product, you know, would you like to see improved upon or Maybe there's a new product that you would love to see developed. Uh, just curious on your thoughts as both you know operators and users. Sure. What I love most about your question, it was entirely directed to Shiatsi as the <laughs> restaurant guy. I oh, love Jimmy, it. you're dying, so, Jimmy. Jimmy, you're dying. The thought of you not being able to answer the question. I'm going to answer this question. I'm, I'm proud. I'll tell you, this is I, – I love all the services. I love your service as a consumer and as a restaurant operator. I would say the biggest problem from a restaurant owner's perspective, and I don't know if we're going to solve it today, but when people are using the marketplaces, the order comes through and the ability to communicate with the restaurant from the platform the order came through to is very complicated because it's, there's a, there's a middleman. If you know, if you know what I'm saying? So sometimes that becomes problematic, whereas if you order directly from the restaurant, it's kind of, I, I guess that's like an easier channel for the restaurant operator to understand and communicate, whereas when the order comes through a third party, it's sometimes, uh, if there's a problem, if something is, is, is 86, if, if, if there's, it's, it's hard both ways to communicate with the guest. The guest has a hard time communicating with, with the restaurant operator, and the restaurant operator has a hard time communicating with the guest about problems. So that would be something I think uh, needs to be continued to evolve and it's getting better, but needs to continue to evolve. I think that's one area. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, totally. We, we, we've gotten a lot of feedback on that. And, you know, in a lot of occasions, you know, DoorDash plays a middleman role and you'll have to go through customer support right. to contact the customer. And so we, we definitely uh, hear that and we're trying to create more and more direct connectivity you know, modes, you know, through the app where we can, we can just, just connect the people that, you know, help them resolve the issue on their own. It's actually, you know, more efficient for us and it, it's a better experience for both the restaurant and the customer. So um, look, look for, look for some more improvements in that area. Yeah. And I was going to say that sometimes the other issue is just the, I think sometimes the restaurant gets, well, the restaurant always gets blamed if anything's wrong, whether it be the order is late or it's, you know, so the restaurant always gets blamed. And I guess 
that would be the communication needs to be improved so we can help for the restaurant. We don't want anyone. We want everything to go well. So it's not about blaming the third party or or the rest. It's really just making sure that the customer gets what they want when they want. So, yeah. That would that would be. Uh, I'd love to. We're going to go offline. We're going to fix this. You, me, and Jimmy. We're going to solve this problem. <laughs> yeah, Shad, that, that I, makes a lot of you, sense. I, I thought your answer was uh, was was really good. Uh, I think um, I think Tom teed up that question because you didn't realize that was that was your interview to become potentially the voice of the industry for DoorDash. And I got to tell you, right now, Tom and I are texting each other. Um, he feels pretty good about his point. Taking Stephanie's job. No, no, to the contrary. He feels really good yeah. about appointing Stephanie to that role. So, um, oh, 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 I just I have no chance of getting the go. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I think I think his decision no is completely, okay. completely validated right there. I think I think he feels good about that. Love it, love it, love it. Next guest we have is Marty Hanfield, Chief Customer Officer at Olo. Marty actually turned his answer into giving us a crystal ball feature of sorts. Marty. You got it. Marty, we give you the microphone and, and, and anything's fair game. Uh, well, okay. So um, my, uh, my moment oh. as a podcast host. Um, so exciting, <laughs> huh? Exciting. around a little bit here. <laughs> you alluded before to having a crystal ball, so I'm going to see if I can flex the, uh, you know, that side of things a little bit. Um, you're obviously invested uh, kind of broadly in the industry, and I'm curious how you envision the future. And, and more specifically, give me one thing that is a normal part of the restaurant experience today that will be radically different or even completely gone five years from now. Great question. Shatsy, do you want to jump into this or would you like me to – we need to jump in. You want me to stall for you, give you a moment? We want me to jump. No, no, no. Jimbo, you, you know, I was just thinking – I mean for me, I think it goes back to kind of the things that we talked about. I think as time goes on, you know, holding a phone in your hand is, is the POS. That becomes the POS. So the idea of me telling a waiter, server, you know, um, you know here's what I want. They write it on a dupe pad and then they go back to a, another – point of sale terminal and put it in and then it goes to the kitchen it, more and more and more that is just going to continue to shift away as the as i think G jimmy alluded to it, his dad eats one way you know my kids are you know 18 20 they don't really want to speak to anybody they don't want to speak to a server they don't want to speak to them on the phone they really just like to have their phone order their food and engage with like you know instagram or something like that <laughs> so i think more and more and more you're going to see that kind of chip away and i think the idea of having to talk to people. You saw it in, in fast casual restaurants or, or in QSR where, you know, the idea of walking up into a McDonald's and they say, how can I help you? And you order, you know, that's like moving away because I don't need to do that. I can just use a kiosk or my phone. So I just think you're going to continue to see a shift away from a lot of that. And I think the, the human interaction is going to be less and the experiential restaurants, that human interaction is going to be more of the ambassadorship, more of the people uh, trying to assure that you're having a great time. It could be, you know, uh, talking about wines and cocktails and the specials, things that you want information about, but like the mundane things, you don't really need their help for, if that makes sense. So I really think we're going we're gonna to continue to see a shift like that. Chatsy. That in your pipe and smoke it, Jimbo. Chatsy, I thought that was excellent. Uh, I'm only going to add one small thing. I was going to say, Jimmy, there's no way you're not going to, you know, have something to say. One small thing, which is we I mean, we made a statement earlier about the importance of the, you know, the, what's happening beyond the four walls 
of restaurants and outside the the the, the dining room, and therefore you know, hospitality and that that guest experience, that hostess or host that's very welcoming, that bartender or server that you know you create a relationship with. In the in the digital world, you're not gonna uh, the, that's not gonna be available to the to the operator, and therefore they're gonna need tools that really engage with guests in a digital world and give them that welcoming, feeling part of something experience. And it's gonna happen digitally. So to, to we think about customer engagement and specifically customer feedback, how is the guest gonna feel that their voice is being heard um, at, a, at a venue where they, it, they were, their entire relationship is digital. So we Yelp. that's Jimmy, they go to Yelp. They're not we we don't, and we don't like them to go to Yelp. No disrespect Yelp. Uh, but but we do think there's gonna be an entire community that is gonna feel loyal and gonna feel that the joint is theirs and yet their experience is gonna be digital. And that's gonna be done through technology that is readily available and getting sharper and better. And that to me is gonna be something that five years from now there are gonna be people who brag about their favorite restaurant that they've never been to because they they, they their relationship again is is digital. But I think it's a great question. And that's a whole other podcast we could have on that. I think Shatsy answered it better, but I'll leave that to Marty. I can see him nodding, so I think he agrees. But, uh, Jimmy, let's move on. All right, let me move on. Super excited about this next segment. CEO of Paistro, our very good friend, Massimo Noja de Marco, CEO of Paistro. Take it away, Massimo, our good friend. And very, very good dresser. Honestly, the best dresser. The best dresser. Take it away, Massimo. Massimo, the microphone is yours, my friend. You know, I'm going back to a question that I asked you guys, and I wanted to refine it again. It's how do you how do you help at Branded? How do you help the smaller uh, operators? They might have like two, three, four restaurants, and again, they're so buried into this attempt to get technology to work better for them. How do you how do you stir them the right way? Well, that's a great question, Massimo. And I'll tell you, you know, Jimmy and I were in a couple of, uh, I guess, podcasts right? I, uh, or or what, virtual seminars, whatever they whatever they were with the uh, with some of these uh, restaurant organizations. The, the word you're looking for is the word you're looking for is webinar. Yeah, uh, we were on these webinars. Webinar. We were on a webinar. It was a webinar uh, thing, and, uh, and it was amazing to your point that some of the things that we find just very, you know, second nature. Some of the questions coming in were like, "Well, how do I find a white label delivery solution?" And their idea was, "What do you mean? I, I got, you know, I have a, a DSP on my website. There's my delivery partner." And, and you're right. And I think that was really how we came to the marketplace was really come up with a central place that everyone can go to and find solutions. Because a lot of operators, to your point, as you know, you're buried in the day to day operations and you don't have the luxury of traveling to some of these incredible trade shows where you can see all these exhibits and see everything. So you have to, you know, either read the trades, you know, or, you know, spend some time talking to folks in the industry or you can, you know, so we built this website, really a marketplace to find very easily by categories, some of the best solutions. And we recommend everyone to go on there and check it out because I think that's kind of like where it starts. If you can't go to these trade shows or you don't have an opportunity. I mean, I always say that restaurant operators, we are plumbers, we're electricians, we're psychiatrists, psychologists, we're, we're, we're handymen, we're, 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 we're hosts, we're waiters, we're bartenders, we're everything. So it really does take a lot of time and, and you don't have that luxury. So that is what I really do recommend uh, to everybody. That is an incredible tool. 
Yeah, actually, Shots, I think you're on point. The only thing I'll add um, about this industry is it really is a roll up your sleeve and get S done. It's it's teamwork. It's cooperation. I've 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 looked at resumes, you know, for the last several decades. Um, and I when I see military, that strikes a chord with me. When I see hospitality, that strikes a chord with me. When I see team sports, the type of people that, you know, you could bring in and they're going to be part of the team and get stuff done. Um, and, and we've taken an approach that is very operator centric. We're, we're really on the side of operators when we think about tech and innovation that will help improve margins for the business. So that's our thesis. How do we improve margins for the business and make life better for operators? And it's understandable that they can't be experts and masters of everything. So we've really tried to cultivate and curate. And we now, you know, we give it free to any operator can tap in. Get our, we send out eight uh, thought leadership pieces or eight distributions every month, and we never charge other operators for taking insights or taking tactical recommendations or sharing our opinion. Um, I know it'll sound corny, but we really think of that vertical, other operators as our brothers and sisters in this industry, and that's who we want to help. So we've made that a core part of our business, and so far, the community has rallied around what we're doing and companies like yourself, what you've created, because it's good for the business. Yeah, no, I was just going to add to that, Jimbo. I just, I, I know when we speak to operators and we go to the trade shows or just, you know, here, here in the city, just talking to operators as we go for dinner, and I see like some, you know, operators, they don't have a scheduling platform. And they're not very expensive, and they're still using a pencil and paper. Or they're using an Excel spreadsheet. And I don't care which scheduling platform you use, but you should. They're so inexpensive. And not to have a scheduling platform, which could really help you optimize your labor based on sales and trends and weather conditions and things like that, it's crazy. So there's so many solutions out there. It's just a matter of education. I think we got to do a better job of educating, especially because the backbone of the whole industry it's the SMBs. It's the mom pops. That's the backbone of the industry. And we've got to educate these, these folks better so they can see that there's a lot of help out there. Just got to know where to find it. Go to the branded place market, the branded marketplace.com. Uh, I had to get that plug she in go. real quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Mr. David Bloom, Chief Development and Operating Officer at Capriati's and Wing Zone. David actually had a three-part question for us, which is usually frowned upon. But, but if you know David Bloom, he's a big man. I got to tell you, neither Shatz and I had the cojones to say no to his three-part question. Really All right. Smart too, by the way. Yeah. So, David, on to you. Anything you want to ask Jimmy and I? Well, I guess, you know, what, what are you the most excited about? What do you think is going to be the biggest lever that an operator can pull a brand can pull to kind of catapult themselves and position themselves ahead of this curve. Um, there's there's a lot of choices and there's a lot of shiny new toys out there, right? Like shiny nickels that you can look at. But if you were <clears throat> running Capriati's today or you're running uh, Wing Zone today, wh what would you be focused on? What what would you, where would you put your time energy? Well, Jimmy, I'm going to take a stab at that real quick. If I was running Wing Zone and Capriati, the first thing I would do is I would hire David Bloom. And I would say, <laughs> I would say, David, I got to get ahead of this. What do you recommend? Help me out here. I need you to help me out here. I mean, right? That would be the best thing I could do. I hope there's more to your answer than that, Shazzy. But, but I respect that's a great What are you talking about? Why would I ever think about it? I would just hire David. Like, David, 
You gotta get me out of the curve. What do I do? Excel, Shatty. We call that a circular, a circular of uh, a cell. Because you see what I did there, Jimmy? Boom! Asked you the question. You said I'd hire David Bloom to to figure it out. <laughs> Is that right? Unfortunately, David Bloom does very little. He works with the team that does really all the heavy lifting. Uh, yeah, uh, Jimmy, you want to take a stab at it? Uh, no, yeah, I'll take a stab at it. Um, and I, and this is coming from um, I've had every job in front of the kitchen, but that was a long time ago. But I'd say the following. One of my favorite things that I'm looking at from a macro to micro perspective, I'm loving the the optionality um, and the menu that's available to us, that pun was intended. Um, this is the most fragmented industry I've ever seen. Um, mm. And the word restaurant means about the same as the word finance. Finance mm. means so many different things to people as does the word restaurant. So if I was thinking about a Capriati or a wing zone, um, at the end of the day, these are the things that would be on my mind. One is you've talked about a lot of them about the, the leveraging of AI and automation and robotics to address the issue of how to recognize that we have a labor shortage, we want to be open longer, and there are tools now available um, to marry with the types of, of, of offerings you have for your guests. The other thing I'm really interested in right now and think is going to continue to gain momentum, it is a combination of data and analytics, which mm -hmm. I think this industry continues to underweight. I come from an industry, uh, being Wall Street, where data and analytics dominated our decision-making. Um, gut matters, gut's important, but mm. watch how much better your gut and your instincts are when you're armed with data and analytics that will uh, reduce that risk into, you wanna fail fast and fail forward, give yourself better information um, to work off of. And I think that is gonna be meaningful. This industry is still way too heavily weighted to the way we've always done it and it needs to change. And I agree with David's comment. Once the technology is out of the bottle, you ain't putting that back in. And I now think there are companies and we have the privilege of working with several of them that are really trying to arm operators with the data to help their decision making. And then lastly, I still think the guest engagement vertical, which is is somewhere a hybrid between, we have the whole off-prem, we have the whole back of house, but the personalization and how brands are going to connect on a personal level with their guests, I think is gonna become more and more important. We can't just do it with a great host or hostess. We can't just do it with a great barista, uh, bartender or, or a server, because so much of our guest experience now is gonna be digital. So now we have to really work with the tools that can allow um, our brands to speak with guests um, in a digital space. And thankfully, there's a lot of tools out there I think could do a very good job. I got to tell you, Jimmy, that was beautiful. And that was exactly what I was going to say. If I couldn't oh. get David Bloom because he already <laughs> had a job and he yes. wouldn't come work for me, then I would do exactly what Jimmy just said. So in, in short, you would have said ditto, Shats, right? You would ditto. say ditto? Yes. Okay, yes. Let Dave, let, Dave, let David chime in here. Jimmy, um, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I would, I would point people, you know, we're based in Vegas, and so I'm a Vegas guy. If you want to see an industry that does what you just said really well, it's the casino industry. Absolutely. They have, they are so dialed into every, every individual customer, what that customer is doing, where they are, what their play is, what their spend is, how often they come, and what offers they respond to it, what time of the year, what the last time they were back was. And it's a very rifle shot approach. And you'll talk to people and they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, the you know, the so-and-so casino offered me to come in and see this game or this concert or what have you. And, you know, it's, whether it's country western or EDC or whatever it is, 
And, you know, I always go, you know, like the casinos know their customers and they know I'm going to put out these offers that are going to get back a 1.985 return. And literally the return will be 1.895. You know, like they know exactly what they're doing, what their return on investment, you know, scenario is. And they're just turning the dials. And our industry is clearly not there yet, but it is. That's that convergence of technology, of AI, of geofencing, of social media. You know, when, when all these technologies can talk to one another, that capability is going to become table stakes. Shatsy, what do you think? You think Vegas is better at knowing their guests? Rhetorical question, by the way, coming though. Knowing their guests or setting the line of any given football. By the way, Jimmy, I was thinking bookies too. I'm thinking like bookmakers do a really good job too. And they know how they, they're dialed into those. They're dialed into that game. They know exactly what it's going to be. Let me yes. tell you something. They use data analytics to get that done. That's not gut instincts. Okay. I want to move Dave Greenberg, our- Jimmy. <laughs> we love working with fellow restaurant operators, a non-Gala managing partner, Gala Capital. Cut his teeth at Jack in the Box when he was nine years old. Take it away, Anon. Anon, the microphone is yours, my friend. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, guys, I, I want to circle back to a question you asked me, and I really want to get your thoughts and opinions because you see so much technology. What do you guys think about restaurant companies buying tech companies? And how does this how does this end? Do they do a good job? Does it work out or does it not? I'm immediately defaulting to finance guy on this. Oh, you like what I did there, Jimmy? It's a, it's a great. Well, listen, I, I see. Actually, you, you you jumped out ahead of me. You're making me speak first. Uh, let me. By the way, I'm going to play a game of Carson. Johnny Carson predicts Shatsy's uh, when he takes over the mic. We'll say the word ditto. But anyway, let me let me jump in with a, an attempt to answer this question. I believe Anon that there is no one size fits all. And by all means, there is an opportunity for restaurants to be um, unbelievable investors um, and even acquirers of, of good tech companies. I also believe there is a path for them being good customers or clients or affiliates of very good tech companies. My sense is, is that what sits, what really delineates between the two decisions a company needs to make is really their DNA and, and their commitment to the tech stack, as you said. It's not just about slapping things together. It's not just about following what's the hottest tech and, 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 and deploying capital. If you're a restaurant company and you have a culture, do you have a sales culture? I hope you have a customer kind of a, you know success culture and, 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 and really engagement culture. But if it's gonna to come to tech, if you're not prepared to invest in really an integrated stack that is aligned with your business and really commit to it, my, my recommendation is, be a great friend to this industry. And there's a lot of good tech companies out there that have bundled solutions, integrated solutions, and I think could take very good care of you. You don't have to own it. When I started in the hospitality business, our partner Dino uh, gave me a suggestion. I once walked in, loved the restaurant, told Dino about it. He said, Jimmy, sometimes it's good just to be a customer. We didn't need to own it. We just got to enjoy it. And I think that little tidbit could serve some restaurant companies very well by saying, you don't need to own everything you do. You may just prove to be a good ally and a good user of the tech. But again, if your culture is different and Domino's has proved it, and I learned a lot of this call about Domino's, particularly about how much headcount is dedicated to engineering and, 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 the, and the tech side of the business, I think there's a clear example of a company that has a culture that could truly invest and be partners and own the tech. Chatsy? To you, my friend. You know, I'm not going to say ditto, but I got to be honest with you. I agree 100%. I think I would just 
add to that, I think being a good customer is is really key. And I think, you know, listen, maybe as a defensive measure, maybe a, a restaurant business could invest in the company to prevent that technology from going uh, exclusively to a competitor, which we've seen before. But maybe not owning it, maybe just investing, and maybe that protects the uh, the restaurant business because there is a lot of competition out there. But Jimmy, as usual, you are so articulate, you are so fantastic, and that's why you are the finance guy. <laughs> Our last talk about highlight comes from our friend, Mr. Dan Rowe, CEO of Francemart. Dan, take it away. Dan, the mic is yours. Talking back, what question you got for Jimmy and I? I want to hear from you guys your sense of the trends in the next couple of years. I feel like I'm in a bubble, like I just went to the food on demand for the first time. And I get there and it looks like you guys are 100 times more plugged into all things pop culture, restaurant culture, everything culture. And I want to hear from you guys, like, what do you guys see is the next trend? And where, you know, where do you think that I should be focusing my energy if I want to get out in front of the next trend fast? Ooh, a fantastic wow. question. Wow. No, it is a good question. I mean, uh, I'm going to take a first stab at it, Jimmy, because I know you like to always take in the the, the anchor role, the better <laughs> answer. But so I give the first answer and then you massage to make it a far better answer. <laughs> uh, but I got to tell you, I mean, certainly we are curious about what we just talked about. NFTs, metaverse, blockchain, you know, I, I payments is is a very um, to me, it's a pain point for restaurant operators. If you look at a P&L and you say, well, outside of, you know, the cogs and and and, and the uh, the labor and, of course, the 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 occupancy charges, really, it's it's repairs and maintenance. And it's that whole credit card processing is a big line item for a lot of operators. So really uh, very curious to see um, how uh, blockchain and crypto, et cetera, is going to start uh, working its way through adoption into restaurants and customers being able to use that as a source of payment and, and really reduce a lot of the operational costs for operators, which can exceed, you know, it could be three and a half, uh, you know, 4% of your sales on that. So that's one area. And the other, you know, area we continue to look at and explore is just is the um the cloud kitchen, the ghost kitchens, um, the smaller footprint of the restaurant uh being designed much more for the the off-prem as that continues to grow. So really flipping things around from 70% seats and 30% back of the house. It's almost completely reverse where it's it's 70% back of the house and almost no seats with lots of opportunities to to get food out. Uh, so continuing to look at things in, in that space. Um, and, you know, uh, so those are just a couple of the areas that we're very excited about. Chef, that was awesome. I feel like uh, you just did your best Dennis Rodman and box me out. You talked about NFTs. Oh, you talked about NF you talk about NFTs, payments, repairs, and ghost kitchens, cloud kitchens. Uh, to Dan's question, you that covered was the intro for you. That you was the intro a, for you. You to covered now. a lot. You covered a lot. You articulated better. I'll just touch on one thing because I actually think, Shats, those are some of the trends that that are on our mind and we're seeing. Uh, I'm going to play a little Donnie baseball. Sustainability, is, Jimmy. Ah. <laughs> I, oh, good. You even got that one in there. My, 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 my answer with respect to more near term, but a change I expect to see. Um, back when I was a much younger man, we used to eat um, at home. My mom would was cook food and we eat and that we you get what was served. And now my friends who have kids of a certain age, um, they're all ordering in from different different apps and and while the meal might be at home it's it's a very different experience um 
expanding on the GK or the cloud kitchen space, I think a lot of restaurants are masking or somewhat hiding that they're testing this out and trying it. And, and our belief is that the excess kitchen capacity should be utilized, not just fully and will continue to be, but that more and more restaurants will be proud of it and will no longer do that kind of stealth. So our expectation is in the next two years, you're going to see a lot of brands and a lot of um, menus have more diversity than I think uh, right now it, it exists, as I, as I said, but you know, a, 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 a full service casual restaurant is not marketing to their guests in the store what's going on in the virtual and digital space. And my sense is those two markets are going to converge and you're going to see a lot more, um, again, different brands, different menu items, um, all within the same um, footprint um, and no longer sh hiding in the shadows. But in fact, you're going to see these restaurants bragging about the diversity they're offering, because I think the consumer at the end of the day is who we need to satisfy. And the consumer is going to love that when they realize that they can really enjoy far more granularity or far more diversity, I should say, to the menu offering than, than, than exists today. That's my two cents. That might have been one of the longest answer chats we ever gave to a question that one of our guests asked us. What do you think? It was. It was. Yeah. Well, that's because a lot of exciting things in the pipeline. There's a lot to talk about. A lot of exciting things. a lot of really cool stuff happening. And Jimmy, Jimmy, I agree with that. Like that was my takeaway from the food on demand too, is I was surprised how many people are already leveraging their own yep. excess capacity. Yep. And they're, but really they're hiding it still. And I don't, I, I, again, I'm not, that's not my domain, but it, to me, I think it's going to come out from behind the, the woodwork, come out of the woodwork and people are going to be proud to have those brands in their stores, proud to have those items. Yeah. Yep. But yes, excess capacity, we really love. And when it comes to the CapEx of that's associated with the building of commercial kitchens, I admit that's something that Brandon's been staying away from. We just, we don't love the the big CapEx. We love the utilization of excess capacity. We think that's just really smart and will deliver a very attractive return on investment. But I digress. All right. That was good fun. Good fun with the best of. Sterling. Great episodes, Jimmy. Thoroughly, we cannot thank you enough once again for being an excellent co-host and sharing your insights. Uh, to our listeners, we want to thank you so much for tuning with us. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and the fact you choose to hang with us is something we appreciate. We hope you enjoyed this best of episode. We hope you can tune into them all. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of the exciting guests we have coming up in the future. Better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. So until then, this is Jimmy Frischman, your finance guy, passing it around the horn. I'll go to Shatsy next. This is Shatsy, a.k.a. Restaurant Guy. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. And this is Sterling Douglas, your technology guy. Thanks for listening. He's got some voice. Jimmy. Some voice. Oh, oh God. So sweet. Like butter. I want to record his voice and let it play before I go to sleep at night. I can't believe you guys let me sign it off. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.